We'll bring you a USHL update on today's show. We'll talk about Cole Eiserman and some more NTDP guys and close things off with some other USHL prospects all coming up on today's show on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll bring you a USHL update on some of the prospects overall playing in the USHL. We'll talk about some NTDP guys first and foremost, obviously the big name Cole Eisenman. We'll talk a bit more about how we project his game to kind of improve and and, and develop as he reaches the NHL and what kind of style he's going to play at the next level. In our second segment, We'll talk about some NTDP defensemen, including Cole Hudson, uh, Will Scahan, and EJ Emery. And then we'll end things off with some kind of outside of the U.S. NTDP program uh, USHL players. So including uh, Matt Begreden, Sasha Boisvert, who play on the same team in Muskegon, and then Trevor Conley, who plays for Tri-City. Three prospects who could make a push for the first round. So we'll get into all of that on today's show and make sure to, stu- to stay tuned until the end. Before we get into any of that, though, just make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening on your Facebook favorite podcasting platform whether that's spotify odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts make sure to make us your first listen of the day it's always very much appreciated so let's get things started with cole eiserman um his point totals have been climbing his game has been improving overall with the ntdp overall uh through 15 games he's got 19 goals and nine assists for 28 points by far the leader on the team um and goals-wise, I mean, you can't get better than above a goal per game. I mean, these are Cole Caulfield numbers we're talking about. Um, and, you know, once you get to the NTDP itself, once you look at his um, once you look at his totals in the USHL, it's still fairly impressive. He's got nine goals in six games with two assists as well for 11 points in six games with the NTDP when playing against USHL competition, which is a pretty kind of standard level of competition. When they're playing outside of the USHL, sometimes they're facing NCAA teams, from various divisions of various levels of quality. Sometimes they're facing prep teams from high school. It's it's a very various uh, level of competition, which is why I mainly look at their USHL stats because that's the most consistent and stable. Um, and yeah, in those six games, I mean, Cole eisenman has been improving slightly. I've seen a bit more net drives. I've seen a bit more kind of willingness to push towards the net and make, some, make himself known in terms of his physical presence. He's about six foot, 195, about 200 pounds, something in that range. And he's been putting it to better use. Um, you know, given all of this, given the slight improvements we've seen in kind of his his, his game as the season has gone on, um, what do you see as kind of a realistic projection for Cole Eisenman's game? Is he, is he going to continue to be just a pure scorer with off-hook movement, or do we see some of those more intricate, more projectable elements kind of peppered in there uh, as, his, as his game develops? Yeah, I think early on this season, I, I still see him primarily as that finisher, as the goal scorer. And yeah. I think that that is one of the big reasons why he's likely going to be a bit lower on our Dauber Prospects uh, board than on most other public boards so far. Yeah. I think that he's probably going to land in our four or five range uh, based on 
my expectations here. Uh, and it's definitely where, where the two of us fall in this equation uh, with Iserman. And while I have seen progression from him since the Holinka, where he's using his teammates a lot more intelligently, he is a lot less individualistic in transition. He's looking a lot less like an outcast in the lineup as he was last season in the NTDP when he first got the call up to the U18 squad. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I still like, like this is an elite shooter and he knows it. I still think that he could uh, diversify his game a little bit and that it would actually improve his goal scoring threat as well. Because as of right now, he's always quite clearly a shooter. Defenders are constantly able to, to cheat on the passing lanes when he's showing everything off that he will shoot the puck upon entry. Uh, and it would not take too, too much to leverage that into being a really deceptive tool for Eisenman. But I haven't seen that very much so far this season. But if that were to grow and blossom as the, as the year goes on, I'd be far, far more open to conversations, uh, conversations about Cole Eisenman inside our top three. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, with the goal scoring skill that he has, with the overall goal scorers toolkit that he, that, that he possesses, uh, I think he's a pretty safe bet inside our top five here, nonetheless, even if he is as unidimensional as he's been so far this season, and that doesn't quite shift. Uh, we have seen quite the goal scoring track record here, and the yeah. skill is definitely there to back it up. For sure, and especially when he's kind of shouldered by a high-end playmaker in James Hagens. Um, Hagens is a player who commands the puck a lot, who has this gravitation pull on him he freezes opponents with you know these slight fakes and and hesitations and that really frees up Cole Eisenman and you know if you're drafting Cole Eisenman I think that you need to have a player in your system um a young player in your system that has that kind of same ability you know I look at a team like New Jersey you know I feel like Eisenman would be a great fit next to a guy like Jack Hughes if Edmonton continues to play the way they do um <laughs> I mean, yeah, he fits yeah. well. He would fit tremendously well. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it would benefit them a lot to have a player like Eiserman in that lineup who can also shoulder, um, you know, Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl in terms of production. Because, yeah, when those are your two main pieces, but you can't really find goaltending, you can't really find much else outside of that. You know, you, you need to pull a Colorado Avalanche and have just a stellar, stellar lineup in front of your goaltender um when you don't have one but yeah i mean you, you look at like you look at what eiserman does well and you you see what the pathway is for him but he's a player who needs a specific style of player on his line um in order to to have him excel um however i have been more and more impressed with the physical tools the ability to you know push through pressure to push through checks and drive the puck to the net as the season has gone on with recent viewings i've been a bit more impressed with that from eiserman he you know the the way the way he loads his weight and leans into players on board battles the way he's able to escape pressure along the boards has been a bit better for me since the season um since the start of november at least so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how he develops and especially if he can continue to kind of add some building blocks to surround his shooting skill. Um, we're going to be talking about a player who's definitely going to be top three by the end of the year, if that's the case. But I'm I'm still reticent regarding the fact that, you know, we have seen a player with this similar diagnostic um, and his name's Alexander Holtz and he's still struggling to you know, get in the, the the New Jersey Devils lineup, especially in a top six role and try to produce, which is what he should be doing, given the ridiculous shot that he has. Um, 
but his surrounding skill hasn't translated. And I'm just concerned that that'll be the case with Heisman. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's some things that he's added to his game since then that have kind of pointed in a different direction. But stylistically, um, are we talking about a player who's going to resemble Cole Caulfield in terms of the way he scores? You know, obviously they're different sizes, but, you know, in terms of the crux of their game, are we talking about similar players? Or are we talking about a Cole Eisenman who's going to have to change the way that he approaches offense in order to produce at the NHL level? I think they have similar, like, elite skills in terms of getting open and rifling the puck like that that link is very very easy to draw between those two players i think how they do it is quite different i think that uh caulfield had to throughout his life adapt his game to his size and as a result has ended up stylistically quite different to to most like high-end goal scorers that that you see uh in the nhl and coming out of the ntdp specifically uh, I think with Eisenman, you're looking more towards the the Phil Kessel mold of of, of offensive player. Uh, also, with the defensive qualms there, um, I, I could definitely uh, use to see a little bit more of Eisenman in the defensive zone and off puck, just being engaged. Doesn't not in terms of making high end defensive reads or anything, but just mm-hmm. being an active contributor and uh, and not standing out for inactivity, which it, it isn't a thing that happens every single shift for him. But I've seen it enough at this point in the season that it is a slight concern for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think stylistically, I think Eisenman might be at his most effective if he tries to mold his game in a bit more of a power mold. I think he has all all the tools to succeed in that mold, and it would add some more versatility to his game than just being the pure off-puck sniper that he is right now. Uh, yeah. And there have been flashes of that power game, and and he has the the build to kind of back it up. He definitely has the the weight, the strength. He's built like a like a tree trunk, yeah. Uh, and I'd like to see him use that more a bit more. And I think overall, my my criticism of Eisman so far this season and going back to last year has been overall just like the consistency of his activity, whether it is on puck activity and and constantly scanning for teammates or using his body to to create new openings and to just like rush up the middle lane or if it's defensively and just getting involved getting a stick into play just not just standing in the high slot not really doing very much and i think if he if he were more active on a shift to shift basis in all three zones and on both sides of the puck then we'd have a player that i'd be a lot more confident up in a couple slots higher up our board where the consensus has him right now absolutely uh but that wraps things up for our first segment uh we'll talk about uh, some ntdp defensemen in our second segment make sure to tune in for that but before we get into that just a quick word from our sponsors over at sleeper The new NHL season is here and it comes with all sorts of possibilities. Is Cole Caulfield going to score 50 goals? Is Sidney Crosby going to hit 100 points? Is your team going to win the Stanley Cup? Who knows, but you can get involved every single day with Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper. Sleeper is the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network and our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether the stars of the league or any players of your choice record specific stats in eight different categories. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. 
Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be talking about some NTDP defensemen. Uh, there are three that could make a push for the first round, and tentatively, I have all three in my first, um, all of them in the latter half of it, though. Uh, we'll start off with the bigger name, uh, in my opinion, the player who's more likely to, maybe not more likely to go first, um, but more likely to be impactful at the NHL level. And for me, it's Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson is the only player for me that, in terms of dynamism and and awareness and and skills, matches James Hagen's um, in terms of the way that they play. They're two players who really kind of dominate the puck extremely well. Hudson is, you know, he, he's very similar to his brother Lane in a sense, where you know Lane also has those kind of head fakes, those shoulder fakes, this ability, this uncanny ability to kind of freeze players in front of him and you know keep them on their toes, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, and you know, he, he's, he's very comfortable in terms of those elements, but, you know, in, in some respects, I've found him a bit more, you know, tentative defensively. I found a bit of his game to be, it's, it's been a struggle at times watching him play defensively. Whereas Lane Hudson, yes, he had his struggles defensively, but he was, it was at least always, you know, keeping up with the play mentally. Whereas I don't see that as much from Cole Hudson, um, but my perspective has shifted a bit. I do see a bit more defensive projectability out of Cole Hudson. I feel like his his skill set is a bit more built for, you know, you can build a better defensive player out of Cole Hudson than Lane. It's just that at the same age, I felt like Lane was ahead um, in, in terms of defensive abilities, defensive awareness. You know, if you can work on keeping Cole Hudson aware at all times, his, his tools will be able to kind of keep up with his, with his mind. Um, Whereas Lane, the main issue is his, his brain is five steps ahead of his body in terms of defensive ability, right? I mean, I still, I'm still on the fence regarding the projection with, with Cole Hudson. I'm hesitating between kind of late teens and late 20s. Like, it's it's a pretty wide range for Cole Hudson so far. And heading into our, ra- our ranking meeting, which will be right after the time that we record this, um, I'm still on the fence regarding that. How do you feel, though? Yeah, I definitely think that's... A- a realistic range i think that there are very valid arguments to be made for any slot between anywhere between what like 15 and 32 maybe like yeah, like there is a wide range of, of of reasonable rankings here with cole hudson and i mean i've seen a lot of the same right like the offensive toolkit is perhaps unrivaled among no Zane, Zane Parekh's on the same level in terms of offensive tools as Cole Hudson yeah. among offensive defensemen in this draft class. But apart from that, it's a pretty big gap. And uh, and Hudson is able to blend in deception to every motion when he has the puck on his stick. He is so intelligent in terms of leveraging his strengths to create on-ice advantages. He really uses his mobility to constantly create space and transition. Very, very adept at accessing multiple different lanes and switching between them to confuse defenses, and especially against like USHL competition, that is very effective. Uh, against NCAA competition, you're seeing him have to try a little bit harder to do the same thing, but yeah. uh, he's been he's been very strong in all of my viewings in terms of his transition ability and his offensive zone power play like and quarterbacking overall in the offensive zone so a uh, ton of fun to watch when he has the puck uh, very frustrating to watch when he's playing defense i not sure i agree that he has a higher defensive ceiling than lane hudson like yes he has the mobility that lane doesn't but i i've always seen lane hudson use his his tools a lot more 
purposefully defensively, where even going back to his draft year, you saw him constantly scanning defensively, adjusting his position and getting his gaps really tight, applying pressure in any way he could, which sure was exclusively stick first pressure. And he sometimes was overly aggressive and sometimes overestimated his own ability to get back. But with Cole Hudson, there's a bigger and I think more significant lapse in defensive mm. judgment there. Yeah. But but the tools are better for sure, right? Like, like, like if he learns to more effectively leverage those tools to create advantages defensively, then mm. yes, I agree with you that, that, that there isn't a higher, like perhaps upside in terms of how high he could go, but that that minimum baseline is a lot lower down than a yeah. defensive lane. For sure. It's a floor versus ceiling thing. Um, but speaking of which, we've got two players who basically have the exact same uh, stat sheet with the NTDP so far this year, and it's pretty poor. It's <laughs> it's Will Scahan and uh, EJ Emery. Both have three points in 16 games with the NTDP overall um, throughout all competitions, and it's it's not the type of point totals you usually see from NTDP defensemen going, you know, likely going in the first round, but you look at their games and you immediately understand what they do so well. I mean, EJ Emery rush defending all the way. Um, the way he closes gaps, the way he gets back, the way he, that he that he protects Cole Hudson on that pairing. It's really, really, really impressive. Um, and yeah, I've been fairly impressed with his ability to first his mobility, but also his ability to utilize his mobility to close gaps and push players to the outside. Um, off the rush also in his own zone he's not bad either i mean he's able to um identify his his check um when when the cycle starts happening where you know things get a bit confusing it's a bit clearer in his head and you can see that he's keeping up with the play mentally um will skahan on the other hand i'm not too sold on the mobility it was at the start of the year but you know it, it's on and off uh, for me, with with Skahan, there are some issues with his um, with his crossovers, with his backward skating, um, and you know he's got a bit of that short stride. I'm I'm, I'm interesting. To, I'm interested to see how that develops with him, because when he's on, in terms of you know the explosivity, the the leg strength, and all that, you can see how well he carries his weight. Um, with Skahan, you're getting a really rangy defenseman who can, you know, go, you know, cover maybe 20 feet left to right in one motion. I mean, he's got a he's got a large wingspan and using uses it really well. Um, but you're getting a, a defenseman who's still behind the play mentally so far. Um, I really like the tools, but mentally, I'm not as sold on what he brings. Um, so so far, I have EJ Emery in the first round solidly, you know, in that mid 20 range. Um, whereas Skahan is more flirting with the honorable mention kind of area. I put him, if he, if he does make my first round, we're talking 31 or 32 kind of in that really, really late first round range. But do you have any takes on those two and how they kind of defer in terms of their skill set? even though they have the same statues, I, I feel like they're fundamentally different players, right? For sure. And I think I'm, I'm with you on so far this season, I've definitely preferred Emery. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't watched nearly as much of them specifically as you have, but I've caught a decent amount of viewings in passing yeah. and, uh, and, and EJ Emery consistently stood out to me, uh, especially for the transition defending the aggression that he shows there, the confidence, those are all really projectable elements that I value a lot in young defensemen, right? Like we, we we can see how uh, Caden Gooley's doing this season in, as a, an NHL sophomore, and in his draft year, I mean, y yes, de definitely a different player from EJ Emery, but yeah. with this, the same like like standout strengths of that aggression when defending the rush and 
flashes of violence, but it's always controlled and purposeful yeah. and intelligent. And uh, that's that's been a great thing that I've seen so far. So I'm, I'm definitely not averse to, to having him inside our first round uh, in our double rankings. Um, but I, I need to see more before I, I, I can prop him up inside a top 20 discussion just yet. Oh, 100%. Um, but for me, really, I mean... There, there's a there's a gap for me between Emery and Skahan is, is mainly what I'm getting at here. I mean, there, there's the, the gap mainly is just the, the the intelligence. I feel like Emery is one step ahead of play and Skahan's often one step behind. You know, Skahan has a better tools, but mentally it's just it's not translating as well so far. I want to see a bit more in terms of what I see here from Skahan, but I'm interested to see how those two develop because, you know, they could reach the same range. It could end up being neck and neck for me. Um, but I feel like Emery's closer to Hudson for me so far than than to, to Skahan. But all three of them are kind of in that 20 to 30 range for me anyway. So, I mean, the, the gap isn't major. It's just there's a, there's a gap and it's visible. Um, but yeah, that wraps things up for a second segment regarding the NTDP's defensemen. Now we'll talk about some other USHL forwards um, playing in the uh, playing in the USHL, uh, including Matt Vigreden and Sasha Bovar, two teammates out of Muskegon, and uh, Trevor Conley out of Tri-City. We'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at Jace Medical. With everything going on around the world, supply chain shortages um, and, and issues around the world overall regarding, uh, you know, safe access to medication, Jace Medical is really your best option in terms of making sure that you get your medication on time and have a, a secured, safe access to uh, what you need. First and foremost, Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It's a case of five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Basically, if you have an ear infection or a nose infection or anything that, re that requires immediate help, Jace Medical has you covered. All it takes to get, to get a Jace case is just simply to fill out an online form and in some cases hopping on a quick call with one of Jace Medical's licensed pharmacy um, uh, one, one of their licensed physicians and before you know it uh, you've got a Jace case on the way heading your way so yeah they've got ongoing care from physicians on any treatment related questions as well you're you know it, it, it's, a, it's a platform that's created by doctors and recommended by doctors so you know it's it's, um, it's safe and, and secure and really reliable so don't get caught unprepared everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected hits. Use code LOCKEDON at, at checkoff to get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Check it out. All right, so moving on and th finishing things off with our third segment here, we're going to be talking about a couple of NTD of USHL forwards outside of the NTDP. The NTDP gets a lot of love every year, but honestly, there's just some decent talent outside of that, and it's been growing with every year, I feel. Um, the, the USHL overall has become a really solid league in terms of quality, and uh, yeah, this year is no exception. We're going to first talk about Sacha Bovar because I feel like he is definitely in the conversation for the top 20. He's definitely in mine. Um, he's a player that really interests me in terms of his skill set. Um, in terms of point total so far, um, nothing major to write home about, but still, he's in the he's in a decent kind of range. Um, so far, he's got 16 points in 16 games, including 11 goals. In terms of goals, he's up there with the best. He's, uh, he's top three, I believe, or tied for third. Um, and yeah, I mean, you look at his, at his game, the way that he, you know, kind of moves off the puck, the way that he finds space. I've been fairly impressed with Bavar's uh, on-puck abilities. His skating's a major issue. I feel like that's going to be brought up often this year. Um, but the goal-scoring ability and the reliability on the puck um, in terms of, you know, moving through players, finding space, you know, deking his way through pressure, um, 
decently impressed on my end. Um, but yeah, do you have any takes on Bovar so far that, you know, do, 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 would you make a push for him in the top 20 or is it kind of too early for that conversation? Um, I've liked what I've seen so far. I mean, the intelligence is definitely stand out. The goal scoring has been very impressive. I, I like the off puck movement a lot. Uh, yeah. In my viewings of of Muskegon so far, I've I've quite liked being able to kind of just compare and contrast Bavar with Matt Big Greeden, uh, yeah. and 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 catching those those two alongside each other. I think has has been really interesting to scout because in Bavar you have this highly intelligent goal scoring centerman who has some upside defensively with good positioning. He gets involved a lot more than, than Greedon does for instance. And then in Greedon, you have a player who with a puck on his stick flashes really impressive skill, but some of his tools are still a little bit questionable to me, like, like skating for instance, and the off puck engagement, especially defensively is a, uh, noticeable uh to say the least uh yeah. in, in 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 not the most positive of ways yeah. uh so so with, with Boivier I think I I've always quite enjoyed watching him play because it's always a little bit of a break from having to scout Matt Van Greeden by contrast yeah. uh because Boivier is definitely a bit more of a satisfying player to scout he's a lot mm-hmm. less frustrating and uh the intelligence in combination with the with the goal scoring skill specifically and the goal scoring habits has impressed me a lot so I think right now that that 20 to 25 range is where I'd slot him in uh, personally. Uh, but you've watched more. And like, what for you makes the case for Bovaire inside that top 20 discussion apart from maybe like 25 range? He's just got this feel for the game. He understands when and how to get involved um, and, and is often involved in key moments of the game. You, you know, sometimes he'll disappear from, from moments in the game, but those moments are usually moments where either his team's up by eight goals or, you know, it, it yeah. doesn't really, you know, he, he, he tends to lower the effort level and keep his energy for when it matters the most. But when the game's tied, when his team needs a goal, when they're behind by a goal or up by a goal, you can see him up the effort level, up the ante. So he's got that element of his game of just a good feel for when to get involved and how to get involved in the game. That's one. I mean... On top of that, like you mentioned, the defensive game is solid. Um, even though skating's pretty poor, um, his mind is with the game. And that's one thing I look for with, with, with poor skaters is, can you keep up with the game mentally? Can you stay ahead of the game mentally? Um, and can you kind of predict what's going to happen on the ice and anticipate play well? And that fits Sacha Bovard to a T. Um, but when I say, you know, within the top 20, I'm talking like late within the top 20, like probably the 18, sure. 19 range is where I'm comfortable with him. Um but yeah, I, I'm not against the idea of having him down until 25 because this kind of like this kind of 15 to 32 range in this year is particularly tight. Yeah. Um, there's a, especially so early in the year, there's a lot of players that are still hard to kind of separate. Uh, but for me, he's neck and neck with guys like Tarek Parasak and uh, Liam Greentree, that kind of tier of players. I'd have him in there for sure. Um, Tenor Howe would be in that conversation as well. Just a couple of guys who, you know, aren't necessarily the most um, the most developed players in terms of tools, uh, aren't necessarily the most cohesive package of tools, but, you know, have a couple things that they do really well that make them stand out from other prospects. So that's kind of my my idea on Sacha Bovard. Whereas Matt Vigreden, on the other end, um, I have him, like, squarely in the honorable mention section. Like, for me, he's, he's not going to be a first-rounder, but I, I'd be very comfortable with him in this kind of 33 to 40 range. Um mm-hmm mainly because his his individual tools are really interesting. He's he's another player who hasn't put it together in any way. And yeah. defensively, it's an issue um, in terms of, you know, processing and, and skating speed. It's it, There's a disconnect there as well. But the shot is insane. Um, the stick handling ability is really good. 
Um, and overall, he has these small details in his game that are interesting. He's able to absorb pressure pretty well. He's able to get, you know, get low and use his low center gravity to get around checks and, and play through them. He has some small projectable elements that you can kind of build off of. So he's another player I'd put in that conversation. But finally, I really want to talk about Trevor Conley. I want to allocate a bit of time to him because he's a very, very interesting prospect. Um, he's a player who everything he does is done in motion. Everything he does is done at, at a high speed. Um, and he doesn't need to slow down to make plays. He's a player that you can you can fire him a pass at, at full speed right on the tape, and he doesn't need to stop skating to corral it. He can corral pucks through crossovers. He can, you know, go from stick handling to passing or stick handling to shooting within one motion. It's he's got a very fluid and cohesive puck skills package, which yeah. is something you don't really see in a lot of players. Now there have been some character concerns. Um, and those always need to be taken into account. But for me, the skill level is so high with Conley that you have to make a push for him in the top 15, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna, I'm a bit more cautious with that, especially because of the, the, the character issues. But yeah. uh, in, in terms of, of, of beyond puck play, like fluidity is definitely the word that, that, that yeah. comes to mind for me. Like mm-hmm. with the puck on a stick, there are a few more electrifying players in this draft class than Trevor Connolly. But uh, yeah, like, like, like I think like the the character issues that are clear in public as well as any whispers that I've heard are concerning enough that uh, it's difficult. But especially with early season rankings, these are ones where we kind of have to give ourselves and the team the liberty to just rank players based on skill. And this is the reason that we have like five rankings every year, right? Like we can whittle yep. away if, if, if more information comes to light. Uh, but he's definitely one that we're going to keep an eye on both on and off the ice. I think that my range for him is perhaps a bit more cautious right now. I think I'd have him closer to 20 to 25 for now, but the on puck skill would, would justify any argument inside the top 15 for sure. Like I, 100%. I totally get it. I just, I, I think I'm always a little bit cautious when it comes to, to character issues, especially when, when these are things that have come out like long before him being a draft eligible yeah. Uh, when, especially like in, in in the hockey world, those things often are kind of buried until a lot of pressure comes up, and uh, that usually is around the time of the draft when you really learn those things. And yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see how 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 the year keeps going. We'll see if we get any more updates on Trevor Connolly off the ice. But yeah, the on the on ice ability, as you said, fluidity to a T, like yeah. tremendously capable puck carrier really dynamic he's as dangerous a playmaker as he is a goal scorer in my viewings uh the defensive game of course isn't the greatest in the world but like with the with the fluid with how much fluidity he plays with and the overall style of game he, he has he's never going to be asked to to play big defensive minutes or or yeah. take those big defensive uh face-offs either so uh yeah as far as prospects go in this draft class of having that that really high-end upside he's up there for sure yeah 100 and it's really a shame regarding the character issue because skill wise i'd say he's top five in this draft like he's a very top dynamic 10 probably yeah. yeah yeah like i i definitely in that range for me but yeah that wraps things up for today's show thank you very much for tuning in and if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first listen of the day for your second listen of the day make sure to check out locked on sports today they've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports around the world and make sure to tune in for our next show as we continue our prospects coverage for the month of november this has been hattie kalakesh i'm sebastian high and we hope you tune in next time